Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Future Brew right here on mazebrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and things are really starting to get interesting here with all these official visits piling up. So we're going to waste no time here. We're going to jump right in with my co-host, John Simmons, Stephen Ostentoski. Boys, how are we doing today? We've got a lot to discuss, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about all this. John, how are you doing? I'm good, man. There's lots of reactions coming in. These visits are exciting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of stuff coming in and we're going to break it all down this week and probably make this a recurring thing uh, throughout the month of June with all these official visitors uh, coming in here. Steven, how you doing, man? Trying to find the unmute, unmute button. But uh, <laughs> besides that, no, I'm doing well, doing well. A little tanner than the last times we last time we spoke. Um, so a little bit of sun goes a long way. And yep. it's weird, man, reading all these campus visits. It's like, I don't know. We entered the twilight zone. It's like, I, I got used to that not being a thing. And now we're back to the, back to the normal, which is great to hear and great for the student athletes, obviously. Very great for the student athletes. And it, it kind of was like the twilight zone for a little bit there, but we've returned to some sense of normalcy with uh, these official visits coming in. And there's going to be a lot of them throughout the month of June. So stick with us on maize and brew, stick with us, Right here on Future Brew, we're going to break all of this stuff down for you, prospect by prospect. We've got a lot to go through today. Um, we're going to devote all of this to these uh, football prospects who either just visited Michigan or are currently on campus as we speak. But we're going to start today with the guys who just finished up their visit in Ann Arbor this past weekend. There were several guys on campus to kick off this month of June. And let's start with perhaps the most important player uh, that visited this past weekend, and that is transfer portal defensive tackle Jay Toye. He signed with USC in this past recruiting cycle, the 2021 class. He was a four-star prospect from the state of California, entered the portal last week, and kind of said that the pandemic was the reason that he was really unable to get a good look at other schools. He committed to USC, went there, and uh, obviously hopped into the portal very quickly. He visited US, or I'm sorry, UCLA this past Thursday and then flew out to Michigan on Friday, spent the weekend in Ann Arbor. So he definitely got to uh, enjoy everything that Michigan has to offer with all this uh, hot weather that's going on here. Uh, according to USC's website, he's listed as 6'3", 325, would really fit in perfectly uh, at that defensive tackle position uh, uh, in the new defense under Mike McDonald. Uh, would certainly fit in very well there. So, John, I want to throw it to you. Toye, uh, he posted on social media kind of recapping his time in Ann Arbor. And just reading the tea leaves here, it kind of seems like he had a really, really good time in Ann Arbor. If you compared the tweet from his visit to UCLA and his visit to Michigan, it really seems that just off those alone, I'm not saying that I have any information of how the visit went, but it just really seems like Michigan knocked it out of the park with him, was able to connect with Sean Nua even more, who was his main recruiter in this 2021 cycle. So uh, obviously a guy that he's connected with before has now been able to connect with him in person and uh just john where do you think michigan falls in this recruitment now after this visit because i think michigan's really high on his list yeah if you were excited at all for the jordan whitley transfer you could just crank it up to 10 for toya i think because you know this is a top 200 guy uh last cycle that is looked like he was in 
slated to start, um, or at least the two deep for USC as a, as a freshman, um, which is really promising. And I think he really likes Michigan a lot. Um, he was Michigan was always mentioned really heavily with him, even after he'd committed to USC last year. And then when the visit crackdown first happened where he wasn't allowed to go, it was just kind of, you know, the first couple months you're like, okay, you know, we didn't think it would last this long. And, you know, once he's able to get on campus, Michigan will have a real shot. But then it just, you know, throughout his entire cycle, he wasn't allowed to visit anymore. So um, it was really hard for him to get a good uh, look at Michigan and get a feel for the campus and everything. So you don't really blame him for sticking with USC because that was his hometown school and the school he was familiar with. And But now that he's opening it back up, you know, you see UCLA is the other uh, contender here and his position coach did go cross town to the, the Bruins, um, which, you know, make definitely makes them a threat, but it's also, um, you know, the fact that he's going across country to, to see Michigan after all this time, he's still interested, still has that relationship with Sean Nua. Um, it kind of seems like if he wanted to go to UCLA, he could have just committed already since uh, it would be a pretty easy trip over there to see campus. Um, but I think the, the fact that he's making the effort to go over to USC or to go over to Ann Arbor, um, you know, shows a lot. And I think if Michigan keeps things going, um, they could definitely land him. Yeah, it really goes to show how interested he was in Michigan, how interested he still is in Michigan. And I, I think that connection with Sean New is going to really go a long way in this recruitment here. Uh, obviously, that's kind of what kept Michigan alive there for the 21 recruiting cycle. Obviously, things didn't pan out uh, like you had mentioned, just, you know, with the whole COVID pandemic that was going on, he wasn't able to fully take any close look at any other place other than USC. And and uh, that's just how it stuck with his recruitment coming out of high school. So, Stephen, want to turn it over to you. Obviously, the defensive line, it was a big need this past recruiting cycle, the 2021 class. Michigan was all over him. Uh, Jay Toye, that is, until the very last second, until he ended up signing with USC. So if they're able to bring him in, I mean, he would just add to the list of defensive linemen that they brought in. I mean, you got George Rooks, Rashawn Benny, Ike Iwana, TJ Guy, Dominic Giudice, all in that 21 class. And then John brought up Jordan Whitley, who's transferring from Oregon State. You've got an insanely massive defensive line haul already. And if you add Jay Toye to that, uh, quite honestly, he might be the best of all of those guys. So, Stephen, what would he bring to the defensive line room, and how quickly do you think he could find a rotation in that too deep? Yeah, I think it'd be pretty quick. There is talk of him almost cracking the starting lineup as a true freshman, and that's just so incredibly hard to do as an, an early, even you know, freshman, even as a sophomore. You, you don't really see that even for the top-tier guys. So for him to get mention of, of breaking through as a true freshman at USC, uh, that makes it seem like as long as he can get the defense down at Michigan, he's physically there. And that's the biggest thing. Where's he at physically and everything, you know, seems to be in place there. So I, with, with how little confidence I have kind of at the nose tackle position and interior defensive line at this point, just because a lot of the names you mentioned, they're young. They're young and, and, you know, even look at a guy like Rashawn Gary and, and uh, Chris Hinton, those guys took multiple years to really uh, get into form. So I'm not, I wouldn't expect Jay Toya to be a guy who steps up and is an automatic, uh, you know, automatic five-star 
you know, all big 10 guy, but it's just bodies. And you just need bodies that are, uh, are, are six to 300 plus pounds. And that those guys just don't grow on trees. And if they do, they usually end up in the sec. That's just kind of how it is. So to add another body there, you'll have Chris Hinton on the interior. You'll have Mozzie Smith. Um, you'll have the transfer from Oregon state there. You'll, so you're just adding more bodies to keep them fresh. And that's the, that's the most important thing about these guys where you'll be able to get them in for, you know, maybe 10 snaps a game and rotate them through. And that's the most important part, just adding that depth. So I wouldn't expect him to start. I'd expect him probably on the like third on the list with, uh, with probably Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton rotating there. Um, if Whitley can get up to speed, um, from Oregon state, I think he'd be a part of that. But again, at the interior defensive line, it's all about rotation and the, the nominal two deep, right? You could go four names deep there like I just did, and those guys are essentially on the two deep because you need those guys fresh to consistently take on double teams. It's just a taxing position. So with everything I've seen, um, his film, he looks like he weighs 270 with the way he moves, so he's extremely athletic for uh, his size at over 300 pounds, and that's what I like the most. And I think he can – uh, be that third or fourth guy relatively quickly. Maybe you give him a couple, couple games to really get into true game form. But uh, if he's, if he wouldn't be providing solid depth as a third or fourth guy by the end of the year, I'd be absolutely shocked. Yeah, I, I really would too. And I mean, you kind of hit it right in the head there. He, he is an athletic beast. I mean, the fact that he's, over 300 pounds moves the way he does. It's just, it's insane to, to watch what he was be uh, able to do coming out of high school. And obviously was very highly regarded Greg Biggins over at 24 seven when he evaluated him in high school, compared him to BJ Raji, former green Bay Packer there, obviously a very athletic defensive tackle uh, back in his heyday as well. So really good stuff there. Uh, for Toye as far as the potential goes and what he could bring to Michigan. Uh, John, I want to get your take on this as well, just how important his addition to this roster would be. And in your opinion, John, do you think that it would change anything as far as how they go recruiting the defensive line in the 22 class? They already have Devontae Miles committed. Obviously, they're going after some higher-ranked guys like Walter Nolan, five-star, Anthony Lucas, uh, Justice Finkley, who's kind of like an in-betweener at linebacker, defensive end, uh, Mario Hino, and then obviously in-state guy, uh, Dean Walker, who could end up playing on the offensive line, but he's also very solid along the defensive line as well. So I just want to get your uh, thoughts and opinions on how important the addition would be if he were to commit, and then how, I guess, you, if you were in uh, any of the Michigan coaches' shoes, how you would go about uh, continuing to attack defensive line recruiting moving forward in this 22 class. Yeah, I don't think they would, the coaches would really change the number of guys that they would take at the defensive tackle spot. Um, if Toye was to commit, um, I think it would be a great addition. I mean, I think he would immediately compete for the starting job and uh, at the very least split snaps with Mozzie Smith at the nose and kind of be that 1A. 1B if that's who ends up starting there. Um, but, yeah, you look at, you know, like Nolan, Walter Nolan's going to be a take no matter what. And I think Anthony Lucas, the four-star from Arizona, should also be a take no matter what. And he was yeah. just reported to be uh, – he's scheduling 
and Michigan official visit right now. So he will probably be on campus in the next couple of weeks. So uh, Michigan's been in that for a long time. And I think, uh, you know, if they get a good visit, they could land him. Um, and yeah, you mentioned Dion Walker, who could move to the O-line. And I think that's eventually where the staff is going to end up having him. So um, I think he's would be an option, but he's kind of like a program take right now. So I'm not sure you can slot him in either spot. But then like Kenneth Grant from Indiana, who Michigan was in on, just got uh, an Ohio State offer. Yeah. And he's visiting there. So if you don't, you know, if you can hold off Ohio State or they end up taking, you know, higher ranked guys, which is probably what's going to happen because it's Ohio State, um, then I still think Grant would be a really good addition. And he's probably the most attainable given that, you know, he's not ranked as high, um, but he's a local, more local prospect. Um, so I think he is, a, is has a good shot. And then they could go back to, you know, Peter Taup, who, from Washington who didn't, I don't think had a great junior season, but he did. Um, but he has to reshape his body a lot. So if he can, you know, improve a little bit, you see that happen with Devonte miles, you know, the, the, the staff told him that, you know, he needs to uh, improve, you know, the new defensive staff uh, wanted to see some technique and reshaping his body. And it looks like he's done some good work in that already at that camp. He just went to and, and the early uh, returns have been, uh, have been good so far. So if uh, Taupu can do the same thing, I think he can easily shoot back up Michigan's board. And with that relationship with Nua, I think um, they could mm-hmm. land him for sure. Yeah, there's a ton of options along the defensive line in this 22 class. And I'm with you. I don't think they end up changing their plans either if they do potentially land uh, Jay Toye. I, I think they would still continue to recruit all of those guys at the best of their abilities and take in several of them. Obviously you said Nolan is going to be a take no matter what. I agree a hundred percent with that. I also agree with you that Lucas should be a take no matter what too. I think his potential is through the roof too. And Walker uh, again, being another kind of just wait and see what happens if he ends up developing further along the offensive line, or if they want to have him remain uh, kind of where some, most of the programs I would say are recruiting him along the defensive line at this point, but perhaps his potential is best uh, at the offensive line position. So Steven, what are your thoughts on, on all of that? And cause I'm kind of in the mindset that, I mean, I, I know you are always, you know, take as many offensive and defensive linemen as humanly possible. And I'm kind of in that same realm. Would, would t- getting Toye change your opinion on the amount of guys that they would take in 22? Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, it, it's one of those positions that it just takes so long for a lot of these guys. Like I was saying before, it just takes so long for them to actually break through. And that's something that I feel like a lot of them understand and they want to be able to have their, their best foot forward, so to speak, when they're out on the field. And if you're good enough to make an impact and you can do that at 20 snaps and be a hundred percent and not be out there for, you know, 40, 50 snaps a game, I don't think those guys will necessarily be uh, too upset with that. You know, you want to make sure you're fresh, make sure you're healthy. And uh, you know, I I think with the transfer portal as well, you're going to see a case where it's, it's better to provide the opportunity for guys to separate themselves and it allows them the opportunity to, to go elsewhere uh, if, you know, maybe things aren't the best fit. So I think it's just going to be a little bit more, I don't know if volatile is the right word, but a little bit more fluid in a lot of these recruitments. 
And uh, you can either go with the way where you have a little bit of a, a, a roster uh, depth that's lacking uh, with less bodies than you need and, and rely on the portal, or maybe take a few extra names here and there. And then uh, with the expectation that, yeah, you might lose a guy here or there after a year or two um, if they don't, you know, separate themselves from the pack. So at a position like offensive line or defensive line, especially uh, if you can get a guy who, who has uh, the skills and, and the fit that you see will work out. Um, you know, I, it, it's hard to say no, just because of how rare those bodies are at those positions. So um, I'm all for it. And uh, again, if guys are, are willing to come to the university and, and you do your due diligence and, uh, and judging how well of a fit they will be to the program. Um, I think transfer portal will solve a lot of those issues where it might be, you know, Oh, you know, they, there's not enough room for me, or, you know, maybe there, there's a better fit elsewhere after one year on campus, seeing how it is. I think that's going to be where it's at. And um, I'm, I'm all for them taking, you know, maybe an extra body now than they would have uh, if we're talking, you know, five years ago without the portal. Yeah, I think so too. I think no matter what, you got to just go after all these guys that you've been going after for so long and just stick with these recruitments. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it takes for the most part a while to really get things going if, if you're an offensive or defensive lineman. So I certainly wouldn't anticipate Toye if he comes to Ann Arbor, him being an immediate starter. I would see him uh, getting some minutes every now and then for sure. I, I think he's that talented and, and obviously he was – highly regarded coming out of high school for a reason, had offers from pretty much all over the place. So yeah, I, I would say continue to build on what you've got going on and eventually, in maybe a year or two, you can turn this defensive line into a strength. And, and, you know, the last few years, it's been kind of a weakness for Michigan uh, on the defensive side of the ball uh, at the very least. So I get back to the days when you had uh, uh, Mo Hurst and Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich and all those kinds of players along the defensive line. It, it would be nice to uh, to get back to seeing all of that. And I, I think Michigan's off to a decent start with what they've got so far. If Toye comes in and, and you get some of these guys in 22, you could really turn that uh, defensive line room around uh, pretty quick uh, in the next couple of years here. So we'll definitely continue to monitor that. But let's move on to some other visitors from this past weekend because there are a few other top targets uh, in the 22 class who also got to see Ann Arbor for the first time. Three-star athlete Jaron Kanak, who was recently offered by the staff. His recruitment has absolutely blown up with offers from Clemson, Alabama, Florida, Oklahoma. Uh, he's just been getting a ton of really, really good offers there. He's 6'2", 210 from the state of Kansas, being recruited to play on the defensive side of the ball for Michigan. He's ranked number 490 on the composite, but he'll probably get a big bump at, at some point in the near future. Also in Ann Arbor this past weekend was Cavante Henry, who is a defensive line slash linebacker, kind of hybrid player. Um, he was in on an unofficial visit and could be key later on if Michigan wants to host him officially. He is 6'4", 225 from the state of California. Most of his other offers are from uh, Pac-12, West Coast schools. He's ranked 788 on the composite. And then the last two guys who were on campus, both of these guys came on an official visit, both from the uh, state of Florida, from Jacksonville, three-star linebacker Micah Pollard and three-star defensive lineman Hayden Schwartz, both top targets 
for the staff in this recruiting class. Both have crystal balls to Michigan as well. Pollard is 6'3", weighs 200 pounds, is number 525 on that composite. And Schwartz is 6'4", 250, is ranked number 546 overall. So, John, uh, up to this point, uh, no commitments this past weekend. Yet, I, I kind of thought that there might have been one at the very least, uh, maybe one of these guys that has a crystal ball to Michigan, but hasn't happened up to this point. But who in your mind is likely the closest to commit to the program after these visits? Because there are a couple guys that you could probably argue. Who, who's number one in your mind? That's a tough one. I would say it's definitely between Hayden Schwartz and Micah Pollard. In my mind, the guys with crystal balls, like you alluded to before, um, they've just been on the board longer. Um, I'd say for Michigan, you know, Canick and uh, Henry are more recent targets as Michigan's trying to uh, expand their linebacker board. But they've been going after Pollard and Schwartz um, pretty much since the new defensive staff was hired. Um, I think Pollard would probably be my choice, just that given that I don't think he has any other visits set up right now. Um, Hayden Schwartz was at Florida State the day before he uh, came up to Michigan. He doesn't have an offer for them, but he was visiting. Then I think he's he's going to Nebraska and then probably Northwestern at some point later. Um, I still think Michigan will lead there, but um, you know I think that this first weekend of June, you know, it's everyone's first uh, official visits most likely. So I think uh, it would it would be harder to get. Uh, a commitment just because most guys will have other visits set up um, and will want to take all of those before pulling the trigger. But I think Michigan did set the, set the bar for the other schools that these, these guys end up visiting. Um, but I think in, in the end, I think they get both shorts and Pollard, but I think Pollard's more likely. Yeah. I think they really set the tone this weekend with these official visits. And even before the official visitors came in, they, they had that Detroit day, uh, on, I think it was last Tuesday. It was like the second, it was June 2nd was, was the day that they hosted that and got a lot of kids on campus. And then with all these official visitors coming in at uh, this past weekend. So yeah, they, I, I think they really set the tone for what is to come this month of June with all of these visitors coming on campus. And it could, could be, uh, some good news down the road for sure with some of these guys. So Steven, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Henry specifically because he isn't really a guy that we've covered a ton. He was offered back in April, has really flown under the radar to these other edge slash linebacker prospects like Micah Pollard, for example. So what do you see on film, if anything, on Henry that piqued Michigan's interest to offer in the first place and, and get him out on a visit? Yeah, the most interesting thing for me, he, I mean, he's 6'4", 205, so he's pretty tall. Um, he's one of those, like, stranger guys who looks bigger on film than uh, than you give him credit for. Sometimes it's with these guys, it's kind of the opposite for me. Uh, it seems like he just needs to kind of add some weight to his frame, but he looks all of 6'4", with a long wingspan. Um, and he, he's able to track the play really well. He, he plays with a great motor. Um, he has some really good footwork around the edge. He's able to show off uh, that bend that everyone talks about getting around the edge there. Uh, still think he needs to improve his handwork quite a bit. The thing that stands out to me uh, is his running back film, and that's always really fun to see when you have a defensive lineman that uh, gets to touch the ball and throw out uh, 
throughout that athleticism in the open field. So that's really fun to watch just overall his athleticism. Um, if you think back to like Quiddy pay running over the, uh, poor children of Rhode Island as a <laughs> 230 pound running back, uh, you kind of get the same vibes there, except uh, he was doing this in California. Um, so that just shows a, a high level of athleticism, athleticism, excuse me. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, he, he's pretty intriguing. Any guy who can hack it and score, uh, I didn't see exactly how many touchdowns he had, but um, he had at least five or six on film. Uh, when you can do that and you're, you're primarily looking at a defensive line uh, recruit, then that just shows a level of athleticism that's hard to replicate at, a, at that size. So I think that translates in his pass rush. I still think he has quite a ways to go, as I said, in his handwork overall. Um, but he plays with great motor, uh, solid speed. Uh, I think he is appropriately rated where he is, maybe a little bit higher, but uh, I think he's still pretty raw. And um, as an edge prospect, you know, I think that's something that's kind of familiar where you're but between a few positions and trying to figure it out. And um, I mean, I, I like him overall, but yeah, I would say if you're going to watch uh, Kamate Henry's film, definitely stay for the the running back clips because it's really really funny watching him just stiff arm and run over dudes at six, four. It's pretty great. <laughs> that is really interesting. Uh, call him Derek Henry, not Cavante Henry. Um, very go. interesting that you got the running back film as well uh, in that, uh, in that junior highlight thing there. It was, it was something to see. That's for sure. But yeah, I, I think there's some potential there, John, I'll, I'll just throw it back over to you because I would imagine that him and guys like Micah Pollard are probably going to be slated for that same position in Mike McDonald's defense here. I mean, what, what is it about these two guys uh, that, that you like specifically, John, and is there one guy that you like more than the other up to this juncture? Cause I, I think at this point, they're probably all in on Pollard. They've been recruiting him for a while now, and obviously they're interested in Henry enough to get him on at least one visit. This one was an unofficial, so they could get him back later on the university's dime if they, uh, so chose to uh, host him for an official visit. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, John. Yeah, it's interesting that the 24-7 just updated their positional uh, designations and they grouped all of inside and outside linebacker together and created the edge spot. And I think they're both going to be playing the edge and yet they're still lift, listed as linebacker, um, which is kind of interesting because that's kind of what they made the – edge designation for um, but they definitely seem like those uh, off the ball linebacker or outside linebackers in a three four scheme um, coming off the edge I think I kind of like Pollard more um, at this point but I haven't watched much of Henry you do like to see that athleticism running the ball like uh, Steven brought up and he has good bend um, but I, I like Pollard's length a lot and I think he has a projectable frame so um, I think either one would be a good addition. Um, I'm not sure how many edge type guys Michigan's going to take, but I think it's going to be a lot. So there probably would be room for both if they wanted in, but I guess we'll have to see. And where do you think Schwartz would, would fill in here too, John, just cause I mean, he's interesting at six, four, two fifty. I, I mean, yeah. he could bulk up and maybe play interior, but I, I think he's probably best suited for the edge spot at this point too. I think I think Schwartz will I think he will eventually be a, a D lineman like a D end what they call in a three four I think they can put weight on him although it I mean at in the for the Ravens you know their outside guys were basically as big as their defensive ends like they played five huge 
uh, basically D lineman on the field. Um, so it just, I think it's a matter of if they can get um, him up to that weight. Um, Cause you know, he already plays with his hand in the dirt a lot and I really like his, yep. his motor um, was what really stood out to me. And so I think he could do really well in, uh, you know, clogging up a lot of holes and keeping those linebackers free. Um, so I think that would be, you know, that's would uh, really serve his game well and, uh, you know, help the, the rest of the defense a lot. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I, th- I think so, too. I think his motor was what stuck uh, to me, too, uh, when it came to watching his film. I, I really like the way he I mean, he's just an intense dude on the field. I just like one of those kind of Chase Winovich-esque players along the D-line. So you love to see it. I do, at least. Uh, Steven, final word uh, on – I want to turn it over to Jaron Kanek, too, because he's a really interesting prospect at 6'2", 210, ran a 10.37 uh, at uh, 210 pounds in, in the uh, 100 meter. Very interesting prospect there. Could be a linebacker, could be a, a safety prospect there, kind of a positional versatility there for – uh, wherever he ends up in college. Yeah, he was, he's probably one of the like crazier films I've seen. Cause the only number I saw was like a 10.6. I didn't see that 10.3 something. And that's a, you know, when you're considering hundred meters, that's, that's approaching elite status. And that's to do that, insane. yeah, yeah to, to do that at a, at two ten six two is, is something else. So uh, yeah, I couldn't figure out where I wanted him most in terms of his film. I know, a lot of schools are looking at him kind of as that linebacker. Um, you know, he definitely has the speed to hack it at safety as well. I want him as like a bulkier uh, Curtis Samuel. I want him as like a bulky H-back guy who, if you could get up to maybe like 230, 240 and maintain at least some of that speed, you know, you wouldn't expect all of that to go away. But if he could do that, um, I mean, he, he blocks really hard in, in the film that he had. He had a lot of film as a wide out, uh, ran pretty crisp routes, good footwork there. So if he could be almost like a tight end, but H back that you can uh, get out of the backfield. I mean, what linebacker other than, you know, if Devin Bush puts on uh, his best, uh, <laughs> his best disguise and gets put on a collegiate defense, I don't know any linebackers that can really stick with that level of athleticism. So um, it reminded me of a guy that you'll just come across in NCAA 14 on the Xbox and just be like, where does this guy go? Yeah. Like, I, I don't really care, but like, he's a crazy athlete and you can put him anywhere and it'll probably work. And that's kind of what I see with his film. So really interesting prospect. Uh, I can understand putting him on defense because that level of physicality he brings with that speed, um, you know, you can affect the play as that linebacker or safety hybrid type of player um, on every play, uh, you know, as opposed to offense, more of an H back, but I like the ball in his hands. I like his Mm -hmm. ability as a wide receiver. So, uh, so we'll see, but um, fun, another fun film watch uh, to anyone out there. He's, he's one of those guys that if you play NCAA 14 on the Xbox and you uncover the, the, the hidden gem that is Jaron Kanak and you, I mean, he's an athlete through and through and you, you, you get him to uh, commit to your college and then you're, you're going through which position to play him at. He's just like a 99 everywhere. So it's just, yeah, running back would be cool. I think wide receiver would be an interesting spot for him. And obviously I think linebacker would be a, a good spot for him on the defensive side of the ball too. So lots of potential there. I really like him. The competition's pretty stiff for him with Bama and Clemson, especially coming in uh, with offers over the last couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to monitor that one. 
Uh, real quick, we got one more, and we're running out of time here, so let's just uh, roll through. Justin Martin, four-star quarterback in the 22 class. He's on campus right now, and uh, as we're recording this, so he's camping at Michigan today on uh, June 7th. He visited Ole Miss over the weekend. Now he's in Ann Arbor, familiar with Jim Harbaugh, especially since he extended the offer uh, to Martin personally, but also to Courtney Morgan, he is familiar with. Obviously, he has some pull in the state of California. So, John, despite being currently committed to the University of Cal, uh, he's obviously very open to his recruiting process, getting out there, seeing other schools. He said in an interview with Sam Webb that he's not afraid of competition at quarterback because no matter where he goes, he's going to have some competition at that position. So, what is Michigan going to have to do to flip him if they really want him uh, at Michigan? Well, his last name already starts with an M, so it's basically <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's a lot. Sure what else they have to do. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, he's, you know, I think he, he said some good things about Cal still, which, you know, you want to do as you recruit, but obviously he's looking around for a reason. Um, I think Michigan really likes him. They have – it's tough, you know, recruiting after a five-star guy, but uh, I think actually in his comments they mentioned that he they that Michigan has still a pretty thin quarterback room, which I thought was kind of interesting because they do have three, you know, I think potential guys. But um, you know, I think he's looking for a chance to to play early um, in a good system. So they just got to I don't know they just got to show him, uh, you know, on the field. I think this season is probably going to be their best shot that they have a, a good system that a quarterback can thrive on I don't know what his timeline is when he's gonna flip if he's going to or not but uh I think Michigan I think we'll have to show it on the field yeah more than likely and at this point it doesn't really seem like he has much of a timeline I think he's pretty open to like I said kind of getting out to these other schools and seeing what these other places have to offer and and I think there was a quote somewhere where he said that you know, if he is going to flip that the school is going to have to prove to him that it's a better fit for him than at uh, Cal. So we'll certainly see how the, all that goes. Steven, uh, last word here on uh, Martin. I know last week you mentioned that he doesn't really fit, in your opinion, what Michigan wants to do on offense with Gaddis as the offensive coordinator. But if his visit was so good, and he wanted to flip his commitment right on the spot. Would you take that if you were Michigan or would you wait for guys like Connor Harrell, who we spoke about last week was recently offered and wait for maybe Nate Johnson, who's going to be visiting next week and then kind of figure it all out. Then what would you do if you were Michigan in that spot? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, and I, I rarely say this. I don't know if, if Michigan's the best spot for Justin Martin, just because he does seem to be prioritizing uh, immediate quarterback room. And I don't, I don't know if, if he's comfortable. He says there's one thing for someone to say that he's comfortable with JJ McCarthy there. And I love a guy who isn't afraid of competition there. Um, but I mean, I think, I think McCarthy's got to be the guy and I don't, I don't see Justin Martin surpassing him. Um, I also think Cal probably has a, a better quarterback room for his early playing time and is closer to home. So if I'm Michigan, I think I, I wait a little bit, um, try to see where those other options go. Uh, I think Justin Martin can be a successful quarterback. I just think with the distance, with the current quarterback room and with Martin's priorities, 
uh, if I'm Michigan, I'm looking at uh, some other options first and then, um, and then seeing where that takes me. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's fair. I mean, that's it, a totally reasonable thing to say. I, and honestly, if, if I were Michigan, I, I might have a very similar mindset to what you just said, Steve. And I, they've got some options here and I mean, obviously they like Martin enough to offer him and get him in on a visit. I believe this is an unofficial visit. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but it, it sounds like he's more so camping and, and it's an unofficial visit here, what he's got going on right now. So yeah, quarterback has been a very interesting position in 22, 21. It was just, yeah, McCarthy and that's done over with, but this, uh, this year it's it definitely a different story. We'll certainly see how it all plays out with, with this visit. And then with Nate Johnson visiting next weekend, we'll see if they get, uh, uh, Harold up on a visit as well. So boys, thanks for joining as always. And uh, thanks to you all out there for listening. We've got a lot more coming here on future brew with all these official visits coming in. So stay locked in. We'll break it all down for you. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at buddy? At Simmons underscore John. Steven. At Steven Toski. Follow Maze and Brew on all your preferred social media platforms. Give Steven's YouTube page a like and subscription, all that good stuff. Maze and Brew on there as well, pumping out good content all the time. And be sure to subscribe, give us five stars, all that good stuff on all of our podcasts here on Maze and Brew. We would greatly appreciate it. So we'll be back next week with another official visitor recap. Can't wait to break it all down for you once again. Uh, I am Vaughn Lozon signing off here for Stephen and John. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Blue.